0: the power of more from Brockmeyer and Salo. Innovation thinking.
1: Today's episode is about World Innovation Alliance. Before we get our guest into the conversation, I would like to introduce the co-host of the podcast, Dieter Brockmeyer, the innovation expert at the Diplomatic World Institute. Hello Dieter! Hello,
2: absolutely great to have Carlos here today. Uh, We met only recently when he invited me to join his alliance, and it's really a great project with great people and very ambitious. Uh, So I'm very happy to, uh, to give him the opportunity to tell a little bit more about his alliance.
1: Yeah, great. Now to our special guest, Carlos Santis. He is the CEO of the World Innovation Alliance and the board member at the World Humanitarian Forum. Furthermore, he is the presidential advisor and education task force at Jön European Union. Hello, Carlos. Thank you very much for joining us today. How are you?
0: Hello, Christian and Dieter. Thank you so much for the invitation. I am really happy to be here with all of you and, and your audience.
1: Let's just jump start, Carlos. What is the World Innovation Alliance about? What is it?
0: Well, it is a private organization that brings together companies, institutions and remarkable individuals that want to make the world a better place in a very pragmatic and a very scalable way. So we bring together more than 1,000 experts coming from 150 different countries that come from all sectors. We have engineers, doctors, programmers, we have policymakers, people that are launching projects on the ground to help to provide education opportunities to people in need but also social entrepreneurs and innovators in the healthcare space so it is a multidisciplinary and multi-stakeholder organization that has the goal of improving the life of as many people as possible before we stop our operations uh, if you know if if i may whenever i die and even afterwards we we should be working together so the the idea is that not only do we have these team and these network of people that uh, collaborate to find and apply specific solutions, but we also advocate for solutions and we help organizations to implement these new policies, new best practices, and new opportunities to better leverage their resources to maximize growth and positive impact. So we help, sorry, just to finish with that is we help Public and private organizations to better use their human economic and technological resources to achieve their goals while helping create as much positive contribution as possible to society and the environment.
2: Uh, give us an uh, example maybe because uh, so uh, it, it becomes a little bit more transparent what uh, what you're doing
0: Great. so on the one side we've been developing more than two hundred different impact innovation models, so those are strategies, frameworks, solutions, and best practices that any organization, public or private, can use directly to improve their results and improve their impact in society. So an example of that would be some of the solutions that we have to do for-profit social impact. And if you're not aware of the term, is the concept of doing well by doing good, which is how to integrate positive impact and economic growth. So there are different models to do that. An example is when we advise a large company to engage their employees, their partners, their customers, and even their audiences to launch very specific calls to action to do something positive for the community, for example, mentoring people in need in exchange of rewards or incentives. So in that way, you leverage all of your resources, you enable a lot of people to be a part of the solution, but also you give them something in exchange of their contributions. You grow your brand, you create more business opportunities, you help more people, and everybody gets a sense of belonging. We have many models like that and many solutions that we've been compiling that include best practices in the environment space, in the financial inclusion space, Policy making. So, what we're looking for is what are the most useful, most valuable, most scalable, most easily implementable solutions. And then we are advocating for them in European institutions, in governments, in companies, trying to tell business leaders and, and political leaders that there are solutions for the problems that we keep talking about. That is not only about doing discussions and reports and events, but also just getting the best solution that we have available. Just as other examples of those solutions having been implemented in other countries and just making sure that we're using them. If we have a good policy to improve education, to make sure that education is more useful for people to uh, get jobs or to create jobs or to improve communities, we shall implement them in pilot programs or in in large-scale initiatives to demonstrate that those solutions can be useful and implement them in as many places as possible. So there are different ways, there are different solutions, and depending on who we're talking, we're presenting the most useful that we can find for them.
1: Okay, are you more acting like a gatekeeper or or like a marketing hub where you just uh, accelerate the people to the the stakeholders later on?
0: We have different divisions and what we do with all the divisions is basically we, we leverage different resources that we have as vehicles and we just move forward to try to help as many people as we can. So, in order to, to accomplish our mission, on the one side, we have a consulting firm where we advise, we design strategies, and we help implement projects for companies and institutions, right? So, that will be one side of it. A second side of it, it's our network. It's an association of people that can share best practices, can collaborate, can partner, can implement projects directly. Thirdly, we launch initiatives, like two initiatives that we have just announced, the Skills for Growth and the Connections for Growth initiatives, where we have committed to upskill more than one million people and create 200,000 connections for economic development. So those initiatives are projects that we launch that include all sorts of activities, events, and many other things where we have the support and sponsorship of companies and institutions. So we have different vehicles, and what we're acting as is basically as a connector between solutions and the ones that can implement those solutions, between content that is useful to the people that need it. We are basically connecting the dots between different sectors, different countries, trying to make sure that some solutions that are valuable get implemented and making sure that we align interests of different sectors, the public, the the private, associations, humanitarian space, universities, civil society. We see that everybody can have a role, but it is difficult to put it together. And because we work in silos and we're always so focused in our department, of our company, of our sector in our country, we tend to lose focus on all the other opportunities and all the other resources that we have elsewhere. We're trying to act as a connector between those sides, not because we're experts in anything, but because in our different commissions, we have really great people and really great partners that have a lot to offer, but we see that there's a need of putting these things together. What
2: struck me as unique when uh, when you first contacted me was uh, it's especially this cross-sectoral approach that you really are uh, working not in every sector or for every sector. You also try to connect that. And uh, well, that's basically that's what uh, we are trying to do at the institute on a, on a different level, on a, on a different channel. So, but I think that's uh, urgently needed uh, in, in our society because very often these things are uh, certain innovations are only seen technology wise or social wise, and they're just without connection. And but they impact each other. So we need to uh, they need to be much more. Uh, correspondence and that's really what i uh, what i think um, it makes your initiative very
0: worthwhile i really appreciate it and we do see a need for connecting these different sides that all are extremely important for our society for economic development and we are seeing now with deglobalization and we're breaking a lot of parts of the supply chain and and how everything becomes a problem right and so everything is important in order to keep the well-being that we've been able to manage to attain and, and also to keep improving the situation, trying to look at what could be better and what are the things that are good that we shall work to preserve, right? And so we see that everybody has a role and, you know, we are always doing these battles between us and them. And even when we're talking about geopolitical conflicts, and I'm not even talking about the war right now, but the competition that exists between the West and and, and the East, when we look at competitors, we're not thinking about all the opportunities that we have of collaborating and competing. We just decide that we go all in into competing and we lose a lot of opportunities of of working together and learning from each other. And so I, I just think that if there is any solution, any innovation, any talent, any resource, any organization that can be useful in any way, we shall use it because we are facing a lot of challenges and I believe that we're going through a converging crisis that brings together at least 10 different crises. We have price, supply, energy, we have health, we have cybersecurity, we have social education crisis and all of those crises are converging at the same time that a lot of new emerging technologies are getting together. And now if only one of those new technologies, robotics, AI, uh, IoT, any of these technologies could change the entire world. Any of these crises could change the entire world. And now we have all of these crises and all of these technologies coming all together at the same time. We're going to experience more change and more transformation than in the last 200 years, only in a few years, and we are definitely not ready for the uh, you know, to adapt to that situation. So what we see is there's opportunities, there's potential, there's things that are going well, but we are seeing everything and all of the structures crumble. And if we're not working together to keep what is okay safe and to keep trying to improve situation, uh, we're going to face a lot of trouble in the coming years. Well, definitely. That's what
2: I also I am uh, keep on praying or preaching. But when you already said, we are definitely not ready for that, for all the challenges we are faced with. And things are developing so fast forward. How can we really uh, work on... Uh, well, not creating awareness. Awareness is definitely not enough, but to um,
0: to make us readier. I, I don't think we have a lot of time to do that. Yes, I think education is absolutely vital. And one of the things that we need to do is to understand education as the ability that we have to prepare individuals or organizations to be ready to use their resources to improve their situation. And be in a position in which they can also provide value to society. So instead of thinking about education is a degree or, you know, whatever grade you, you get or whatever exam or whatever, uh, you know, formal program that we're used to, we shall understand education as improvement, right? Helping people to improve themselves so they can improve their lives, their careers, and ultimately they can improve society and the world. So if you think about that in that way, then you understand, that lifelong learning, learning, it's not just doing a master's degree when you think that your sector is being disrupted or you want to change an industry, but rather that we're always looking for what are the new skills and new contents that we need to learn in order to adapt and also in order to drive the future that we want, right? And if I don't like the way our political leaders are making decisions, maybe instead of criticizing them, what I can do is I can learn what would it take for me to be able to influence policies and be knowledgeable enough, or skillful enough, or connected enough to get in a position to, you know, where I can actually help improve the situation in a practical way? So, in order to adapt, we need to take very seriously the concept of reskilling and upskilling for ourselves, for our teams, and for our societies. If we think about ourselves, because we are ultimately responsible for ourselves then we need to do a plan for what we consider is going to be the most useful and most important things that we need in order to adapt to what's coming, knowing that maybe our entire job or industry is going to be disrupted. Well, how at risk are we? And if we learn the things that we need, we're going to be in a much better position, right? If we do risk assessments and we are prepared to move in different directions, we're in better shape than if we, for example, are a truck driver And then, you know, automatic vehicles are going to drive themselves and we're going to lose our job. And if we don't think that that's coming, we're not going to jump fast enough to that reskilling. So that's for individuals. For organizations, if we don't upskill people fast enough, and for societies, if we don't change the education system and we provide, you know, easy, cheap ways for all of our citizens of all ages to get the new skills, digital skills, financial skills, all the Needed skills in order to create jobs or find jobs in the future. Uh, we're going to have a huge difficulty to to adapt to this transition.
2: Uh, what are the upcoming bigger events and projects you are running right now? Uh, you probably have one or two or three major uh, uh, major projects.
0: Yep. So we have several projects that are ongoing. That. We do as fast as we can, as effectively as we can, and with as many partners as we can, and and they're ongoing forever, right? So the the Skills for Growth, where we have already committed to train one million people, and we are doing that, uh, not only myself, that I have trained many people, I think it's more than 35,000 people so far, uh, but also we have all of our members and partners that are starting to develop and deliver many educational programs that can help people get those skills that we were talking about. So that's the Skills for Growth program, it's ongoing. The Connections for Growth is because we believe that even if you have the right skills, you need contacts in order to grow. That means that you need an investor, a partner, an employee, a client, an employer, a mentor, you need someone in order to continue moving forward. Education is not enough, and that's why we're pushing so hard the idea of connections, creating networking events and things like that. So that is another ongoing project that is, is, is always going to be there in our organization. Thirdly, a global advocacy campaign where we have meetings with leaders, both in the public and the private spaces, and we, pre- we present to them what we call the Impact Innovation Reform Acts, which are compilations of solutions, best practices, and policy reform proposals. Right? So it's like, what is the best thing we could offer or present to technology organizations or in healthcare or in environment, in tourism? What are the best solutions that we've been able to find? And if we haven't found something, how can we design something that is useful? And those are the reform proposals that we're presenting in a global advocacy campaign that it's ongoing again. So it's, it's something that is, is, is no, there's no a, a beginning and an end. Uh, we have already started and we do that every day. I, I, I just came back from Brussels and, and we did some advocacy. Every time I have a meeting with a leader, I am advocating for solutions and also asking for what are the best things that we should advocate for. Okay. So that's the, the, the third one. And the fourth one, where everything comes together, is the Impact Innovation Global Summit, uh, which is a big event that we plan to organize in, uh, I think it's going to be either at the end of this year or early next year, where we're going to have 500 speakers. It's going to be hybrid online and offline with the metaverse. We're going to have five events in different countries at the same time. We're going to have a huge uh, training program as part of it. We're going to be doing lots of exchanges between individuals and organizations of different countries. And basically all of the solutions that we're either looking for or advocating for are going to be part of that event where we're trying to make things that are as practical as possible. We don't discuss about just theories. We're trying to look for, okay, what can we do? How can we do it? And is there anybody here that we can collaborate with to actually execute it directly?
1: Interesting. You just mentioned the metaverse. Um, How important are virtual activities for you? and your program?
0: Well, I think the metaverse is going to create a huge opportunity for everybody to connect in a different way. And it's going to create an entire new economy. And uh, it is just an evolution, I believe, of what we are already using as the digital uh, environment helps us to not only live with the physical limitations that we have, but also use the physical world and the digital world in a more immersive space, right? So everything that has to do with the creator economy, distributed economy, all the jobs that are going to be created, all the new opportunities that we're going to see for innovation where you have these simulations of entire worlds or cities that are going to be run differently with different political systems. They're going to be trying all sorts of new social experiments, economic experiments, businesses, Professions, we see all of that as a huge opportunity both for individuals to connect, for organizations to create business, for the economy to grow, but also for innovation to flourish and to get to a position in which we can try things that would be impossible to try in the physical world. And an example of that is what companies like NVIDIA are doing with the digital twins, with generative design like AutoCAD, where You look for all the possible combinations in order to find the optimal path towards a solution instead of just thinking, I thought of this solution. I'm going to invest a lot of money and see if it works or not. Right. So that is where we see the metaverse as a huge opportunity, because a lot of people think that it's either the real world or the digital world. But the reality is composed of both the real and the digital spaces. And so we see a a huge opportunity there. And we have some plans. uh, Even though I cannot say much about it yet, but I can share the idea that we have of creating improved centers. And as, well, we want to have an army of improved experts. And I'm going to share what it means right now. So we're going to do that physically and and in the metaverse as well. So we see that there is a need for specific spaces, again, physical and, and digital, where people can go and improve themselves Connect with others and develop projects. So right now, when you're talking about uh, personal development or learning, you either have schools and universities where you do an entire program or an entire you know degree, or you go to an academy, right, to learn one particular skill, or you go online and you get all sorts of you know video tutorials to learn whatever, right? Uh, so we see that there is no place where you can just go there and you absorb new skills and and, and learn new uh, abilities and connect with other people to develop yourself and and get to work on projects, right? We haven't seen a space like that. And in the same way that we have coaches in some companies and we have psychologists for some people that recognize their need and they're not ashamed to go and they don't feel that the stigma is is big enough and they would go and if they can pay for it, they would go to the psychologist. But what we see is that in between, literally 100% of human beings need some sort of support. Mentorship, consulting, friendship, whatever it is, right? Someone that helps you to become more, or at least to become who you are, or at least to just go through difficulties and challenges. So what we want is to democratize the idea of mentorship, coaching, consulting, or, or just your support to help people with their mental well-being, but also with their own career development. And in order to do that, we are training people to become improved experts. And we have some people already providing sessions and what we're going to be doing is providing this kind of service in the physical improved centers and uh, digitally, you know, in the metaverse as well. So the idea is that you go to different metaverses, right? To go to, to Roblox or the Central Land or to uh, the Facebook uh, metaverse, and you should go to physical spaces where you can learn new skills and meet people there to connect and create opportunities for yourself. Or you could go physically to a space that already exists in your city. That is a cafe, hotel, school, mm-hmm. whatever space mm-hmm. already exists. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we add a layer as an improved center with our methodologies, experiences and concepts where you can go. And instead of going to a Starbucks where you work alone, by default, you go there and we introduce you to people and you collaborate with people. And we train on skills that are going to be helpful for you.
1: Okay. And you already raised it by yourself, this question, but um, let me raise it now. How do you finance your activities of the alliance?
0: Great, so I am a firm believer in bootstrapping and doing everything you can with what you have to go where you want to go, right? So we don't have investment, and we are not looking for investment right now. What I am doing is I am designing models and solutions and, and business models that I believe make sense, and so we have different, different ways to, to go about this. On the one side, we have our consulting firm. We have clients, we service them. That's easy to understand. Secondly, we have our alliance. There's a membership fee. That's another way to finance ourselves. Easy to understand. We launch projects and events. We have sponsors. That's also something that people understand easily. We're fine so far. But then we have a lot of other models. right? So one of the things that we are uh, working on is what we call WIA Ignite or WIA Incubator. And so all of these models, like the improved centers, improved experts, and many others that we have, all of them are, for me, ideas that other people could use as well and it would be useful for them to implement. But at the same time there are companies that could be created either inside of our ecosystem or outside. The way we want to do it really is since we recognize that these things can be useful for people to make money and impact at the same time and we see that a lot of people are good at executing but they don't really know what to work on. We want to do it as franchises where we give them the model, the name, the brand, we give them the ecosystem, we give them partners, advisory, we give them everything we have, but because we don't have the manpower, they can either execute directly, look for investors or whatever, we may have some equity. So the whole concept is, since I am going to be limited, and even if we grow a lot and if we wanted to have a bigger company, which we don't, still, we're going to be limited in what we can do. But ideas and the scalability of these concepts is very big. So as, as soon as we have people that we work with and we empower them, then we have models that are, I think, way more interesting and, and definitely things that, that can have a life of their own and create economies of their own.
2: Yeah. So let's uh, try to sum up a little bit and to come to the final question. Give, me a, give us a very short idea of what you want to, the world to look like in um, once uh, we or what or what is the ideal state of the world you, uh, you imagine you envision
0: well uh, the problem is that as optimistic as i normally am because i tend to see the world through a lenses of everything that is really going positively and i do think that there's a lot of things that are going forward the problem is that i see a lot of trends that are very negative so uh, you know COVID has been incredibly negative a lot of people have died but also a lot of people have suffered and uh, the economy has suffered, but also people have, uh, in, uh, you know, worsened their situations, right, all over the world. Uh, hunger and, and the people uh, in the worst conditions have, have suffered a lot. The war with with uh, Russia, the, the competition between the U.S. And, and China and the whole Cold War that is, is happening. And many of the other problems that we're seeing, like the climate crisis or, or you know, cybersecurity issues that I think we're not really aware of, of the scale of the problem, all of those things... Plus, you know, the supply chain shortages and energy prices and inflation and, and, you know, debt. All of these things make me less optimistic, uh, quite frankly. So I could tell you about my dreams. I would like a world where people don't suffer, right? And human rights are respected and, and there's no war and, and, you know, people have a, a good living and people appreciate what they have. So when we live at peace, we don't invent problems and fight each other. I, I can tell you what I would like. To see, but what I what I think is is more useful is to see what are the current problems, what are the trends, and what can be done by who, right? And so that's what we're trying to figure out. What is the role of every type of individual and organization? What are things that you can actually do directly to improve your life and improve the world, right? So as an individual, I think that I have to create an ecosystem because I think this makes, uh, you know, this creates new opportunities to solve these problems. Because if we can influence an influential organization, they can, for example, make a decision that can help, uh, you know, educate millions of people. We know that after a government, after uh, a CEO of a large company, after a university, there's a lot of people that depend on them or are influenced by them. And if we can help them and find solutions that are, you know, workable and, and you know mutually beneficial, we know that at the end we can educate more people, create more jobs, and and help people improve their lives. So I see everything in a very practical way. What can I actually do that is within my ability? Because as much as I may not like some things that are happening, I know that I am very far from being able to control things. Some things are not even controllable by the largest companies in the world, let alone how small we are. But what I see is, I see potential. Right. And so I think that everybody has the ability to influence positively their own lives, their families, their communities. And, and we see very practical ways where you can create larger positive impact, larger contributions, or at least stop destroying things at the same pace. And so we're trying to advocate for that and we're trying to actually develop those initiatives to the best of our ability, to try to help as many people as we can. And the, the vision is, for example, that we help educate millions of people that because of the education that we have provided to them, they can make better decisions and their lives are better. Or we want to help as many people as possible with mental health so they suffer less. Or we want to create jobs or help people to connect with job opportunities so they have money and they don't have to suffer because they don't have money. right? So very practical outcomes to the best of our ability, as high as we can reach, because we know that if we are ambitious enough and we can collaborate with governments, then we can you know, cascade down the effects of our solutions.
2: We, uh, we think very much along the same line, and uh, I already mentioned that. And so, uh, Carlos, I'm really looking forward to brainstorm with you what else we can do together in the future, and I think there is a lot uh, possible.
0: Thank you so much, Dieter. It's a great pleasure to be here with you and to uh, collaborate with you, also with, with Christian. Uh, I do believe in the power of connections and, and of what we can share. And, and I have so much to learn from you guys, and, and I'm sure that the audience has so much to provide of, of value as well. So, you know, let's, let's keep working together. Yeah, and we believe in the power of more. Absolutely. I love it.
1: Excellent. That was Carlos Santis, the CEO of the World Innovation Alliance. Thank you for the interesting conversation.
0: Thank you all so much. To the power of more from Brockmeyer and Salo. Innovation thinking.